somebody ought to go ahead and open your mouth and testify that the blood still works this morning. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm a living witness that the blood still works. When you see me, you see the blood still working. I just need about 300 people that aren't ashamed this morning to declare I shouldn't be here. But the blood still works. I should be six feet under, but the blood still works. My marriage should be over with, but the blood still works. Come on, somebody just lift your voice and declare it works. It works. It works. Oh, if you know the blood still works, put your hands together one more time and give him a hand clap of praise. Woo! How many of you thank God for the blood this morning? Woo! I know there's a lot of churches trying to remove the blood from the church, trying to take the cross and Calvary out of the church. But I came to declare it's the blood that saved me. It's the blood that raised me. It's the blood that's keeping me. You remember when Moses and the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, which is a type of baptism, which is a type of the application of the blood of Jesus. How do you know that, preacher? I'm glad you asked. The book of Hebrews says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's only one other place in the scripture that you find the word remission, and that's in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, it is the application of the blood of Calvary to your life. And when Moses and the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, they went through the blood, but the enemy was destroyed by the blood. And so the blood didn't just deliver me. Uh, the blood is keeping me. Uh. Devil, there's only so far uh, that you can move. Uh. Devil, there's only so far uh, that you can go. Uh. You can't cross uh, the bloodline. Uh. I said you can't cross uh, the bloodline. Uh. I just need about a hundred radical apostolics uh, this morning to declare the blood. Uh, I declare the blood. Uh, I plead the blood. Uh, woo. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Oh, God bless you. You can be seated for just a couple of moments, I want to say. 
What an absolute privilege and an honor it is this morning to have all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord today. Would you help me one more time, Rock Church, give a wonderful, thunderous applause. Come on, we could do a little bit better than that. Let's make all of our guests welcome this morning. Yeah, that's it. Come on. We are so grateful to have you in the house of the Lord. want to welcome all of our guests streaming online from across the globe this morning. Help me put your hands together. Welcome our online guests that are joining us via YouTube and other platforms this morning. Glad that you have joined us. It's so good to see Sister Nyla in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Good to see Sister Whitmire home this morning. And uh, it is so good to see a handful of you that are making your way back from quarantine and uh, putting your foot in COVID-19's teeth this morning. <laughs> Amen. Good to see Brother Pack back in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's continue to pray for Sister Pack who is recovering from a procedure that as far as we know went very well and she's doing excellent. We thank God for that this morning. I want you to help me continue to pray. I see you in the balcony. Good to see you this morning. Love you. Amen. It's so good to uh, see all of you. I want us to continue to pray uh, for Sister Pompliano's mother uh, who has uh, been placed in the hands of hospice, I believe. Uh, and we know that her life is in the hands of God. And I am praying that God would continue to strengthen this family during this time and that the peace of God that passes all understanding would keep her in perfect peace. Amen. And uh, so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. And I know we have said it many times already this morning, but I personally want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of the wonderful, wonderful mothers that are represented here this morning. If you don't have any other reason to give God praise today, you ought to at least clap your hands for your mama who made it possible for you to live the life that you're living. Amen, somebody? If your mama didn't do anything else but bring you into this world, you got a reason to thank her this morning. We are surrounded this morning by so many incredible mothers. I particularly want to give honor to three mothers in my life uh, that have made such a huge impact. First of all, my natural mother, and if she, she's not here, but if she by chance is watching or happens to watch this later, I want to say that I love you, Mom. And I'm so thankful for you. I'm so grateful for you. And I honor you today. I could not be here if it was not for you. And uh, I give her great honor. And then I want to honor another woman who was uh, a powerful role model and motherly influence in my life, especially as a younger man. And that is First Lady Lori Elder. 
and I honor her this morning. Amen. In her absence. And then last and but certainly not least, I join the chorus of voices this morning in giving great honor to my beautiful wife, who is the mother. Amen. 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 Who is the mother of and gave to me two precious, precious sons who are my absolute world. And uh, I thank you for that. Thank you for being an incredible mama, for, for, for being such a powerful example to our babies. And um, see, y'all, what it's hard to have church on Mother's Day. I mean, my God. But uh, I love each and every one of you mamas. And it is usually <clears throat> not my protocol to preach according to the theme of holidays or special events. I do not think there's anything wrong with that. However, it is just usually not my protocol. However, I feel very uh, inspired this morning to preach to our mamas. And uh, would you all just join in with all of us in the word of the Lord this morning? Would you just do that? And, and uh, as we stand all over the house, I'm going to be preaching to our mothers, maybe not just to our mothers, about our mothers, but I believe God wants to do something powerful in this house. Go with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 4. That is where you will find my assignment for this morning. 2 Kings, chapter number 4. Now, they tell you when they're trying to teach you the proper way to preach or give theological dissertation that it is incorrect or not proper to read more than seven verses of Scripture as a text to preach or teach from. But I have found that there is no better or greater preacher or teacher than the Word of the Lord. And so if you would indulge me, I want to read a fairly lengthy portion of Scripture. But don't get lost by your bunions that are sore. Don't get distracted by your, 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 your sciatic nerve that's bothering you. Let's dial into the Word of the Lord this morning. And I want you to let this text come alive as we read together 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to begin reading <clears throat> verse number says, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. The Bible describes her as great because she was a wealthy woman. And she constrained Elisha to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God. 
which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be that when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all of this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, Thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had asked, taken him, or when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came to the man of God, to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? 
And she answered, it is well. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins and take thy staff in thine hand and go thy way. And if thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. When Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon the mouth of the child and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her and when she was come in unto him, he said, take up thy son. For a few moments this morning, I simply want to preach. Mama made the difference. Mama made the difference. Would you put your Bibles down? Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time all over this sanctuary. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I sense ministering angels in this sanctuary today oh God we need you today speak to us Jesus amen you may be seated this is a very interesting text when you begin to dissect each of the verses there are some very powerful nuances to this story that I would like to attempt to extrapolate from the scriptures today. We find the prophet Elisha who apparently is in a regular pattern of coming through Shunem. And as he travels there, he encounters a Shunammite woman who the Bible describes as being 
a great woman or a wealthy woman. And when this woman runs into this man of God, she extends hospitality to him and invites him to the house to eat bread. And they begin to converse one with another. And apparently there is a level of relationship that begins to develop between this woman and her family and this man of God that probably not everybody else would enjoy simply because of her desire to provide hospitality and to feed this prophet of God. And so it is that she invites him back that every time he comes through the city, she prepares him some food and he goes to their house and he sits at their table and he begins to eat with them and they show him tremendous hospitality. And finally, one day the woman looks at her husband and she said, you know what, I perceive that this is not just an ordinary man, but this is a man of God. And she said, honey, I've got an idea. There's something in my heart that I would like to do. I, every time he comes in town, we fix him a meal and we feed him. And, and then he has to leave and find a place to stay the night. And, and, and I don't want him to have to go to uh, the Ritz-Carlton or uh, the Motel 6 uh, or to Holiday Inn Express. I don't want him to, to have to find a place to sleep. I, I think it would be a great idea if we could take some of our money that we've been saving and some of our resources, and I, I would love to build a room onto the house. You know, we have a little bit of extra property on, on this side of the house, and I, I would love to build a place uh, on the house, and, and we could put a room that, now you know, you, you know she got it like that, when you can just build a, a room just for somebody at your house. I mean, you come to my house, you can eat some of my KFC chicken. Sit on the couch and I'll get you a cup of coffee. And if you come often enough and I like you, I might spread out a blanket on the couch and you can stay the night if you need a place to stay. But, but it's a whole nother level when you just tell your guests, I'm just going to make you your own bedroom. But this is what she wanted to do. And, and so they, 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 they began to build this room on the house uh, for the man of God. And they, they put it together and they, they, they hired a contract. And I'm, I'm preaching you the, 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 uh, the, the, the King James version, the, the, the uh, MLK, uh, Martin Luther King James version here. They hired a contractor and they, they, they spent the money and had it built. And then they didn't just build the room. They went shopping for furniture for the room. And they, she said, I want to make sure that he has a nice bed. And so they, they went to the store and, and they're picking out the mattress. And then they, they said, no, we, we ain't going to do a my, my pillow mattress topper. Let's, let's get a sleep number. Hello, somebody. Or an eye comfort or a sealy posturepedic, whatever your 
flavor. Let's get him a nice bed. And, and they put a nice, she was a great woman. She, she had the resource. And so she put together the bed and she said, now let's, I want to get a matching table that, you know, a desk that goes in the bedroom. And we're going to put that in there. And, and then let's find a nice, a nice chair, you know, that way he can study the scriptures when he comes. And, he, and we're going to get a nice candle and a candelabra to put in the room. And, and they put the room all together and they made the preparation. And finally the, the man of God is coming back through and, and he comes by the house and I, I could just see as they sit down to eat and they begin to conversate and how has your trips been? How has your traveling been? Tell us uh, some of the stories of what's been happening and somewhere in the middle of eating she said uh, we have something we want to show you. We, we've been working on the house and so you know how it is when you take your company over and begin to show them a little something. I, you see I painted this room over here and and I put this, y'all know what I'm talking about. And they, they take him over here and uh, you see we, we built this, this room and we added on to the house. And I can just see the man of God. Oh, that's very nice. And oh, look at, oh man, that's beautiful. And we, we built it over here and it's got a nice door. And then you see we've got it all furnished already. And there's a beautiful bed and the drapes and the curtains and the, and the, the desk. And oh, it's so wonderful. It looks so nice. And then, and then she turns and says, Elisha, this room, we built it just for you. Oh, you're, you're kidding me. No, Elisha, we, we, you, you shouldn't have done that. No, 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 Elisha, you don't understand. We, we, we enjoy this, this, this relationship that we have with you. And so we, we wanted a place for you to stay because you, you're not just some stranger to us. You, you're an important part of our very own family. So when you come to the house, we want you to feel like family when you come here. And so you've got your own room and you're, oh, my goodness, this is so amazing. And I, I can see how this, this they prepare the room and so every time that this man would travel and come to the city uh, he knew that he had his very own place that had been prepared and the Bible said that one day uh, he had turned into the house and while he was laying on uh, that comfortable uh, sleep number bed and he was uh, uh, resting from enjoying uh, an awesome meal that had been prepared he began to reflect on the kindness of uh, of this woman, and uh, he turned to Gehazi, and he said, hey, we, we got a problem here. The problem is uh, this woman has been so kind to me and to us, uh, and I haven't done anything uh, law uh, of God because and to be a blessing, man, I can't do that. That's against the law uh, of God because the law of harvest uh, is that you, when you sow, uh, you're going to. How many of you know uh, how important that is? Uh, he had an understanding that you can't just be a recipient of blessing, uh, but if you're going to be blessed, uh, can I just stop and preach? for a moment. Uh, don't be the kind of person uh, who just receives blessings, uh, but be the kind of person uh, who has an understanding and revelation uh, that because I've been blessed, uh, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else. Uh, I'm not just going to be a receiver. Uh, I'm not just going to be a taker, uh, but I'm going to be a blessing. Uh, I'm, a, I'm blessed uh, to be a blessing. Uh, 
It says that it's not just for me. If I've got the promise of Abraham, it says that through me, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Can I just preach to somebody that if God can get it through you, God will bring it to you. He said, I can't just enjoy this bed and this food and all this stuff. I, and, and she's standing there and he said, you're special. And so they call this woman and she comes and, and she's standing there. And he said, you've been so kind to us and, 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 and I need to do something for you. Perhaps I can go before the king for you. You know, I, I've got connections in, 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 in the government and I, I have an audience regularly with the king. Perhaps I can speak to the king on your behalf or or." Maybe the, the captain of the host, maybe the military leaders. Do, do you need me to go and say something? What can I do? And the woman says, I, I live amongst my own people. It was her way of saying, uh, all of my needs are supplied. I, I don't have anything that I need. And she turns and she walks away. And, and, and the man of God is, is puzzled and he's bothered because uh, surely there's got to be something that they can do for this woman. And so he turns to y'all with me this morning. Morning, uh, he turns to Gehazi and he said, uh, uh, "What is it that we can do uh, for this woman?" And Gehazi said, "Well, uh, uh, Elisha, I, I, I overheard something, and uh, I think that this woman, uh, you know, she doesn't have any children, and and I think it would be incredible. She wants a child, uh, but her husband, well, you know, he's uh, he's getting on up there in years." He ain't 50, he ain't 60, I mean, he, you know, he's even maybe, and, uh, you know, he just, she really wants a child, and, and so he said, call the woman, and, and he calls the woman, and she comes back in the room, and before the man of God could even prepare a statement, the, the Spirit of the Lord comes on the man of God, and he looks at the woman, and he said, this season, according to the time, you're going to be embracing a child. God is going to give you a baby. Now, if it was me, and I had this thing in my life that I, that I had been, you know, I had been praying for and asking God for, and I, I had never seen it come to pass, and, and all of a sudden, a man of God begins to prophesy uh, that this season you're going uh, to embrace the thing you've been believing me for. I tell you what, I would begin to dance right there. You see, sometimes you got to learn how to rejoice uh, just at the word of God, uh, just at the promise uh, of God. I tell you, when faith uh, really becomes powerful in your life, uh, it's not when you learn to thank God for what he's done, uh, but you learn how to thank God uh, for what he hasn't even done yet. Uh, when you begin to praise God uh, on credit, uh, I'll praise you now. Uh, you can do it uh, later. Somebody said, uh, you got all kinds kind of things going on in your life. Uh, why are you giving God the praise? Uh, this praise is for tomorrow. Uh, this worship uh, is for what God's going to do next week. Uh, this pray, hey baby, uh, hold my personal moment uh, while I dance for God. Uh, I'm dancing over what God's going to do. Uh, God, I'll praise you now. Uh, you can do it later. Uh, 
Oh, one of the keys to blessing uh, is to learn to praise God uh, in advance. Why? Uh, because we serve a God uh, that calls things that are not uh, as though they already uh, were. You got to rejoice uh, like it's already done. Uh, you got to praise him uh, like the answer is. Anybody can praise God after the fact. Anybody can run the aisles after you get the good news. Uh, but where are the people uh, that rejoice uh, just at his word? Uh, where are the people that? If I would have been this woman and the man of God would have prophesied, I would have, I would have cut a rug, right? I would, I would have been like Shirley Caesar said, hold my mule. I'm going to shout right now. <laughs> but that's not what she did. Instead, her countenance falls. And I could see her step back two or three steps. And she looked at the man of God and said, don't play with me. Don't, don't, don't be telling me that. You see, there are some things in our life that we're so sensitive about. You, you don't, don't mess with me like that. You, you, you can joke around about a lot of things, but, uh, but, but not that area. That's a sensitive area in my life. Don't, 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 don't lie to me. Woo. You would think that that kind of a response would negate God's promise to her. Can I tell you, God's promises are so powerful, sometimes even despite uh, our own humanity and unbelief, uh, God said, I'm going to do it anyway uh, to prove how much I love you. Uh, I'm going to do it anyway just to show you uh, how powerful I am. Uh, I'm going to bring it to pass anyway uh, just so you can make your doubt uh, get on its knees uh, and declare I'm Lord. And just like the word of the Lord said, months later, she's holding a brand new baby boy. This child is a promise from God that came because of this woman's sacrifice and her investment in the kingdom of God. This promise came because of this mama's willingness to invest and sow in the kingdom of God. And this child that she never thought would come, she's now holding her. And she can't take the credit. And her husband can't take the credit. And the doctors can't take the credit. When she looks at the baby, the only thing she can say is thank God for this miracle child. Thank God for this baby. And the Bible said that this child begins to grow up. I don't know how old this child was when this happened. He was obviously still a boy. But he was old enough 
that on one particular morning, he was out in the field with the reapers helping them work with his father. While he was out there helping his father in the field, the Bible tells us that a headache came upon the young man. And he grabbed his head. He began to say, my head, my head. Daddy, something's wrong. I don't know how it was exactly that the boy came to his father, but there was something in the boy's voice uh, that the father knew. Uh, uh, this, this, uh, he ain't going to just shake this off. Uh, you know how men are. Kid could come to you with his nose busted, bleeding. Like, I'll put some tissue. Come on, get back to work. Dad, my elbow's popped out. Come here, boy. I'll pop it back in. You're wasting time. Get over here. There was something in this boy's voice. And the father did something very unique. He knew his boy was in trouble. And he didn't say, get him to the doctor. He didn't say, call 911, call a physician. He said, take that boy to his mama. Why? Because there is nobody that will fight for the survival of a child like the child's mama. I thought I'd get a few more amens. I said there is nobody in the world that will fight and contend for the survival of a child like that baby's mama. That's my baby. That's my child. There is nobody that will do whatever they've got to do to make sure that baby, I wish all the mamas would just give me an amen this morning. Ain't nobody going to make sure my baby's okay like a mama will. Bring him to me. Oh, there's something about a mama that carried that child in her body for nine months. You understand that when a mama conceives, immediately her body begins to give itself for the life of that child. Immediately. Her body begins to pull nutrients from itself to provide an environment that nurtures the life of that child. Even to the point uh, that if something life-threatening comes to the mama, uh, if something begins to, uh, the mama becomes malnourished, uh, the body uh, will take care of the baby uh, while the mama is sick. Uh, The body will pull calcium uh, from mom's bones uh, and mom's teeth uh, and give it to the baby uh, while mama suffers. Uh, The body will redistribute nutrients uh, even if mama uh, comes to the brink of 
of death. Uh, mama's body by nature uh, is programmed uh, to even give its own life uh, for the survival uh, of that child. Uh, by nature, uh, there is something inside of mama uh, that says to the baby, uh, you will live uh, and you shall uh, not uh, die. Uh, give that baby to his mama. Why? Uh, because mama uh, will go to the ends of the earth uh, for that baby. Uh, mama uh, will do everything in her power uh, to keep that baby protected. Uh, mama uh, will do whatever. Uh, I wish the mamas in the building uh, would just declare over your children, uh, I'll do whatever it takes uh, for my baby. Uh, I'll do whatever I've got to do uh, for my baby uh, to make it. That boy's greatest chance of survival is in the hands of his mama. As a matter of fact, you better be careful when you get in between mama and her baby. When a baby is threatened, something comes over mama. I got six amens from all the mamas from the hood. The rest of y'all behaving yourself right now. Even, even in nature, you see, I, I'm, I'm a hunter, I'm a bow hunter, and I, I love hunting animals, but when you're a bow hunter, you got to get really up close to them. And one of my favorite things to hunt is predators, animals that are dangerous. And in particular, I love hunting bears. As a matter of fact, it's almost bear season. But one of the most dangerous positions I could ever find myself in in the wild is when I stumble up upon bear cubs because if you stumble up on the bear cubs you're already in trouble if you're ever in the wild and you come up on some bear cubs you're already in trouble because if there's bear cubs mama's close by she don't ever let those babies get too far. And I promise you she saw you before you see her. She heard you. She smelled you. Mamas have this instinct about this. Mamas have this instinct about danger in their babies. I wish I had a... <laughs> you might not even understand. You might not see it. You might, it might be invisible. But mama's like... Something ain't right. I just need a few. Mama be like, mm, I don't trust that, that situation. Come on, mamas. You know what I'm talking Come here. But mama, I'm just, no, no, no. I don't feel comfortable with you being over there. Something, uh, ma, there's something about a mama's instinct. My mama was like Inspector Gadget. I remember one time I told a big lie. I was young, real young, too young to be doing what I was doing. And I told a big old fat lie, concocted a story so I could go to a party. And I was supposed to be hanging out with so-and-so and doing such and such. About 20 minutes after I left and went someplace else, my mama, something don't smell right. 
Some don't feel right. My story was impeccable. Mama got on the phone, started making some phone calls. Then mama jumped in the car, started visiting some address. She started looking information up in the phone. That was back when we had phone books, y'all. Some of you babies don't even know what a phone book is. She started turning the pages, finding addresses. Two hours later, we up and, hey. I was in the middle of my A and I heard. Turn the radio, turn the radio. My friend cracked the door open and said, hello. The door went. My mama said, is my boy in there? I, she didn't have to say nothing. I said, see you guys later. She didn't even have to say nothing. Why? Because mamas uh, will protect their baby. Uh, mama's got an instinct uh, that said, I'll search, uh, I'll hunt you down, uh, I'll go to the end of the earth uh, before I, uh, come on, give that baby uh, to his mama. One of the greatest dangers in the wild is finding them cubs, that mama bear. Woo! She will, she will kill you three times and not think about it. Bring you back to life and kill you again over her child. Can I tell you there's no greater threat to hell uh, over their influence on a child uh, than a praying mama? Can I tell you there's no greater danger uh, to the kingdom of hell uh, and their influence uh, over young people uh, like a mama? Come on. Uh, there's nobody that'll pray for their children uh, like a mama. I need a witness in the building. Uh, there's nobody uh, that'll get on their knees uh, and war in the spirit uh, over their children uh, like a mama. Uh, hell, you can't have my baby. Uh, hell, you, I wish I had uh, a few mamas in the building. Uh, there's nobody uh, that'll work. Uh, I'll fast uh, until I die uh, if I have to for my baby. Uh, I'll pray uh, until my knees bleed uh, over my baby. Uh, Satan, uh, get your hands off of my I'm preaching this morning uh, that mama uh, made the difference. Uh, take that boy to his mama. Uh, why? Because mama uh, will fight for him. Uh, mama will protect him. Uh, mama will do whatever uh, she has to do uh, for that baby. I just need a few mamas in the building uh, to serve notice uh, on hell this morning. Uh, get your hands uh, off of my child. Uh, don't you even think about it. Uh, don't you even look at my babies. Uh, they don't belong to you. Uh, this child belongs uh, to God. Uh, this child came uh, from God. Uh, this child, come on. Uh,
My God, I wish the day would come when a holy indignation would grab a hold of some of our mamas that say the most important thing in my life is that my babies make it to heaven. The thought of my children being lost is unbearable. The thought of my children in a devil's hell is unthinkable. The thought of my children being devastated by the world is unimaginable. I'll do whatever I've got to do for my babies. Come on, mama. Mama made the difference. Take that boy to his mama. They brought that boy to mama. Scripture said that he sat on his mother's knees until noon. And I don't know what time in the morning they brought him. But during that whole time, mama was doing everything she could to keep that boy alive. My God, I remember growing up, you didn't want mama to know you were, you were sick. Mama would get crazy about trying to make you better. If you had a cough, you try to hide that cough. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like the coronavirus now. If you got a cough, don't cough in public. You have the store like. <clears throat> What's the matter with you? I got a cough, but <laughs> the moment you cough, everybody's like. <clears throat> I was growing up by a cough. Because the moment you, <coughs> mom be like, come here, come here. No, mama, no, come here. Come here, baby. I, I got just the thing. Mama would grab garlic and vegetable oil. And I don't know what all they put in that thing. Probably jalapenos. I don't know what she put all this stuff, pepper and salt and seasonings and put it in the oil in the water and boil that stuff till it was boiling hot. Then she'd be like, open up. It was like a witch's brew. Poured it down your throat. The cough would be gone. Why? Because your reflex was burnt out. You couldn't even... See, I told you it worked. Look at Mira. Mira, look at how good the medicine worked. You don't tell, don't tell me the doctors you work. I don't know what all she was doing, but she was trying to keep her, her baby alive. She, she was probably praying and she was, but the Bible said that at noon, her baby died. What do you do, mama? Ooh, when you've been praying and your baby dies. What do you do when you've been trusting God and it doesn't work out the way you thought it was? She grabs that boy in her arms. And I'll tell you what she did. She walked over to a unique place 
She walked in that bedroom that she had built for the man of God. And she laid that child on the very bed that she had built and put there for the man of God. Can I just tell you, there are some things that she established prior that she had no idea when she put them there that it wasn't going to be just for the kingdom of God, but that one day it would be the very place that she would lay her I'm preaching to some mamas uh, right now. uh, That mama did not even realize uh, that her commitment to God, uh, that her kindness uh, to the man of God, uh, that her investment uh, to the kingdom of God would be the very place uh, that God would use uh, and God would prepare uh, for her baby's miracle. Uh, I'm preaching to some mamas uh, that you don't even understand uh, some of the sacrifices uh, that you're making uh, some of the investments uh, that you're making, uh, one day uh, it will be the very thing uh, that God uses. She laid that child on that very bed. And the Bible said that she turned around and she shut the door behind her. You got to learn how to leave your child in the hands of God. And then close the door and leave him there. It's in God's hands. I'm closing the door to anybody else messing with this thing. My baby is in the hands of God. She dries her eyes, freshens herself up, gets on her clothes to go outside. And she walks outside with her head held high. And she tells her husband, have one of the servants go get the donkey. I'm going to go see the man of God. And I'll be back. Now, can you imagine... This man's son is laying in the house dead, and his wife doesn't tell him nothing about it. He's trying to figure out what she's doing. So he asked her a question. He said, you're going to see the man of God? It's not the new moon, and and it's not, I, I don't understand, it's not a Sunday for church. You ain't going to church. What, what, why are you going to see the man of God? And she answers him in a unique way. She said, it shall be well. While this sounds cryptic, he doesn't even know what she's talking about. But this woman would not even acknowledge that her son was dead. Perhaps she understood that life and death uh, is in the power uh, of the tongue. Uh, She knew the boy uh, was laying there without breath in his body. uh, But I'm not going to give the devil uh, uh, the pleasure uh, of those words leaving uh, out of my mouth. I refuse uh, 
to tell a single person uh, that my son uh, is dead. I'm not even going to tell uh, my husband why. Uh, because it uh, shall uh, be uh, well. My God, uh, I'm talking about mama uh, made the difference. Uh, there's something about a mama uh, that will refuse uh, to accept uh, a pronunciation of death over her child. My God, I know it looks like they're backslid, but it shall be well. I know it looks like they're spiritually dead, but it shall be well. I just need some mamas in the building that know what I'm talking about. It shall be well. says she jumps in the saddle they saddle up the donkeys she tells the servant I want you to go as fast as you can don't even be careful for my sake and don't slow down unless I tell you to get there as quick as you can you read it again when you get home the scripture said that as she came to Mount Carmel where the man of God was up on the mountain, that he saw her before she saw him. God knows your situation before you ever brought it to his attention. I'm, I'm talking to a mama in this building. Uh, God knows everything that's going on uh, before you ever get down to pray. Uh, you're not by yourself. Uh, you're not alone. Uh, you're not forgotten about. Uh, there's a God that sits high uh, and he looks low. Uh, there's a God that knows the ending uh, from the beginning. Uh, and before you could ever voice uh, your request, uh, God sees you coming. Uh, God knows what's going on. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, I'm preaching mama made the difference. And when Elisha sees her coming, he gives word to Gehazi. He said, I want you to go ask her three questions. Ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? And is it well with the child? These questions were not questions to ascertain a level of empathy for her situation. But I believe they were a question of test. Too many times... People are asking questions, how's things going? What's going on? And if you're not careful, you'll let the unbelief of life begin to overflow out of you. Well, I got this issue and this problem and I can't pay this bill and I got laid off and this kid won't listen and I won't. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching to you. When you do that, life and death are in the power of your tongue. And when you open up your mouth, there is a manifestation of what you began to declare uh, when they came to her uh, with the question. Uh, it was a test uh, of her faith. Uh, how are things with you uh, and your husband uh, and the child? Uh, she did not mention uh, that the child was sick. Uh, she did not mention uh, that her baby had died. Uh, she looked at Gehazi and said, it uh, is uh, well. Well. 
My God, something's going to rise up in the mother of Zion that you can look at all hell breaking loose in your life and say it is, well, when you go before the king, it is, well. She comes before Elisha and she reaches out grab his foot. Gehazi doesn't understand what's happening and he tries to stop her. The man of God says, no, hold on a second. Her soul is vexed. The Lord hid it from me. And she does not begin to discuss all of the details. Music comes. She simply says, did I ask for a child from you? Did I not tell you not to deceive me? She began to stand on the word that came from God to her. She began to stand on the word. You say, I don't know if that's right. I tell you in the book of Malachi, God said, prove me now herewith, uh, saith uh, the Lord of hosts. Uh, there's sometimes you got to go to go to God in prayer uh, and open up your Bible uh, and say, Lord, uh, this is what your word said. Uh, God, this is what uh, your word tells me. Uh, and I know my situation uh, doesn't look like what your word said, uh, but this uh, is the word uh, of the Lord. his staff to Gehazi said go put it on the child mama said Gehazi ain't going to work for this one she said I'm not going to leave your side and so finally the man of God goes to the house he walks into the very room that had been prepared for him and in that room, a child is laying on the bed. And just like that prophet had done many times before, he walks over to that bed. And he lays down and stretches himself out in that place that had been prepared for him. But this time, Mama had taken her baby and placed her child in the same place that the man of God laid. Not knowing that this day would come. And as the man of God stretches out over that child, the Bible said that his blood begins to turn warm. And in just a few more moments, that baby sneezes seven times and his eyes come open and God brings that baby back to life. And her miracle comes at the very place that represents her investment in the kingdom of God. Her baby's life is brought back at the very place that stands.
stands as an altar of her commitment and her sacrifice to the kingdom. I'm preaching to some mamas in this building that you don't even understand with every prayer meeting that you're faithful to, with every time you come uh, to the house of God uh, and you're faithful uh, you're building a place uh, in your life uh, that your babies uh, will have a testimony from I can just imagine as we stand all over this house I can just imagine a child as he grows older one day that baby is a full-grown man and he's got his hands lifted worshiping God. He's in the house of the Lord. And they say, you really love God. You've got to walk with God. What is it that inspired you to live for God the way you do? And the testimony comes, it was because I had a mama the reason I'm even here is because I had a mama that built a place in her life for God's kingdom. And when she did, God brought me. And he begins to tell the story of his life being brought back because he had a mama that made the difference. Listen, I'm preaching tonight to mamas in this place. I'm talking to you this morning, mama. Sometimes it may seem like you're the only thing that's standing for your family. It might seem uh, like you're the only thing uh, trying to hold everything together. Uh, but I'm telling you uh, that God has given you the strength. Uh, God has given you an anointing. Uh, God has placed his hand on you. Uh, and your babies uh, and your house uh, are being kept uh, by your consecration. Uh, your children uh, are being held in place uh, because it's mama that makes the difference. And when voices of hell come to you, mama, and say it's too hard, and the voices of hell come to you and say you might as well give up, and the voices of hell come to you uh, and say you can't do it by yourself uh, and maybe you got a, a spouse that's not living for God and uh, there's no way your babies are going to make it. Uh, I declare unto you uh, that's when you get on both of your feet uh, and throw your hands in the air uh, and declare uh, to hell uh, you can't have my children. Uh, you can't have uh, my family. Uh, you come on. Uh, mama, you're the difference maker. Uh, mama, you're the difference maker. I want every mama in this building to come to this altar this morning. Come on, I want every mama to come as close as you can to the front of this house. Uh, come on, mamas. I want you to come. I'm talking to mamas right now. Some of you have children that aren't in this house. Some of you have babies that aren't living for God right now. Some of you are facing challenges that seem insurmountable right now. But God sent me here this morning to tell you, don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare declare death over your child because it shall be well. Well. 
I know they look dead now, but there's a foundation that you put underneath that child, and it's going to be in that very place that God's going to bring a miracle. It's going to be in that very place that God brings strength. It's going to be in that very place that God performs a miracle, that God brings forth a resurrection. Come on now. I want the rest of us to come and gather behind these mamas. Uh, come on, if it's your mama, I want you to get behind her. If it's your mama, I want you to get behind her. If your mama's not here, I want you to find uh, one of these precious women uh, and bind together with them right now. Uh, husband, find your wife. Uh, children, find your mama. Uh, if your mama's not here, find her. Uh, one of these precious women uh, and I want us to begin to pray this morning uh, for every mother in this house I want us to begin to pray this morning uh, for every mama in this place uh, come on in the name of Jesus uh, in the name of Jesus uh, come on take that baby uh, to his mama Take that baby, put him in mama's hands, set him on mama's lap, because mama's going to fight for that child. Mama's going to pray for that baby. Come on, mama. Come on, mama. Come on, mama. Your children are depending on you not to give up. Your babies are depending on you uh, to keep praying. Uh. Come on. I know it looks tough. Uh. I know it looks hard. Uh. I know it looks impossible. Uh. But God's hand is on.